0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, April 28th, and we are going to grade the AFC. Every single AFC team, we will give them a letter grade, and then we will uh, debate with some great mirth as to whether or not those grades are good. Make sure to go check out the uh, nightly reactions in the uh, podcast feed from every single day of the draft, and then uh, Chris Trapasso joined me. So see, uh, we did the Super Friends after Thursday night. We finished podcasting at three thirty in the morning. Um, we did a recap on Friday, of course. Uh, I think was it uh, myself, Josh Edwards, and R.J. White, and then Chris Trapasso joined me after Saturday. Ryan, were you there too? R.J. wasn't there. I was there, but thanks. I don't. Again, things are bleeding together pretty. Finished round. earlier
1: that night, two thirty.
0: That's right. Finished at two thirty, uh, and then Trapasso and I actually finished by eight o'clock on Saturday, and uh, then we, the four of us, broke down the NFC. Previously, we'll have tons of draft coverage and fallout over the next few weeks. Breach, how you doing, buddy?
2: I'm still trying to get over the Packers draft. I, I haven't come to terms with it, um, and until I do, I'm not sure I can talk football. Okay. I'm just kidding. I can talk. See you football, later, Breach. guys. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. That was quick. <laughs> ready to kick me off the podcast
3: in no time I'm trying well, to usurp my i'm trying spot. to look man your baby needs some some father in her life i'm just trying to help her out i care about the kid.
0: Jeez. <laughs>
3: what's up everyone
0: <laughs> uh, let's get to it the afc east i'm grading. i'm handing out these grades and we're gonna start with the miami dolphins who uh look let's give them an, uh, an a plus for their smoke screening actually you know what i'm giving uh I'm going to give the same grade for their smokescreen as their actual draft, and A minus is what I'm giving the Dolphins. Uh, they pretended like they loved Justin Herbert. They pretended like they loved Jordan Love. They pretended like they were going to try and do some kind of crazy package up for Joe Burrow, even though the Bengals told them uh, very clearly and no, in no uncertain terms, no. Uh, when they called the first time, the Dolphins were leaking out everything and anything and everything, just trying to create a giant uh, mall of disinformation. And it technically, I suppose, it worked because they landed. Tua to Tonga-Vailoa at number five picked up uh, Austin Jackson with their second first-round pick, the tackle out of USC. And then with their third uh, first-round pick of the night, after trading back, they landed Noah Igbanagani. The uh, you know uh, what school did he play for? See, Rutgers, Auburn, Auburn, Auburn. That's it. Um, I I was chuckling to myself because I was like, Haha, I know how to pronounce this with ease now, and then I forgot where he went to school. He was lucky uh, with Randall Cobb. <laughs> Uh, they also got, uh, Robert Hunt. For those who don't know, um if you don't watch our daily show. I got left on a strand, I got stranded on
1: an island by these three jerks. That's the, that's the <laughs> next question. Jump,
0: you jumped out of the plane with, like above a deserted island. <laughs> and that's how you ended okay. up on a deserted island. You were holding my back and the parachute
1: came off as I jumped out of the plane.
0: Uh will we four, 4 to 5 p.m. every single day on CBS Sports HQ. Um if you love this podcast or even enjoy mildly enjoy this podcast and want to fire that up 4 to 5, it'd be great. It's free. It's on your CBS Sports app, on your Roku, Amazon Fire, Xbox, uh or just your phone. And uh if you want to, Yes, Sean.
3: Also, I've heard, you know, via Twitter, some people don't like the fact that the host of this podcast interrupts people. If you don't like that, you will like the HQ show because it's literally impossible for us to interrupt each other. Yeah, the,
0: the, uh, the, the machinations of the, the stuff behind the scenes is such that, uh, we have to be actually polite and not interrupt each other. So I, yes, that's right. If you're the, the jerk face who left us a two-star review because I interrupt everybody, go check out the show. I can't do that. And, but because of those same machinations, it makes it difficult to answer people's questions, uh, when they're asked non-specifically, such as Ryan Wilson in the middle of the show while describing Lynn Bowden as we broke down the Packers, uh, drafts. Um, said, and the, the lack of wide receivers, was trying to compare him to a former NFL player and said, the guy who went for the Cowboys to the Texans, who is that? What's his name?
1: He's not a former NFL player. A
0: former, <laughs> Packer, former Packers players. By I mean. the way,
1: that's a, that's a spot-on impression of me. I just thought I was listening to a recording of Ryan Wilson. <laughs> was it actually
0: good? No, it was terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't know. I couldn't remember his name, and I, I could either just sit there and stare at the camera, which I have done before, or put it out there
2: for you guys. And and during the same show, Wilson claimed he had never met my family, even though he was literally at my wedding two years ago and, in fact, met my entire family uh, and then said fake news he was never there. I don't know what's going on, Wilson. This was not your day, but you know what? You just did 72 straight hours of draft coverage. So we can't we can't knock you too hard for it's your memory.
1: I've been working for four straight months.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that is fair. You have like a combo of quarantine brain and like draft like draft weekend brain. So you're you're allowed to forget who Randall Cobb is, and you yeah, know to completely humiliate and uh, disrespect Breach's entire family outside of his father.
1: <laughs> that that was too far. I do apologize, uh, <laughs>
0: Wilson. Well, well, what did you think about the Dolphins' work in this draft?
1: I thought they crushed it. Did you give your draft grade yet? I didn't hear it. A minus. Yeah. I don't
0: even know. I think I was going to give him an A and I only gave him an A minus because I was annoyed at the, the smoke screening and because I think it is like, um, I'm not sure that they needed to smoke screen anybody. Like I think they could have just sat at five and take two without like, like flooding the world with, with, with Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah, I just think that was a, a preemptive move just in case. But I'm with you. I give him an A and I give him the minus just for annoying, uh, me because uh, I missed that pick. I had Tua going to Miami forever and then the last mock draft I had them not taking him. Uh, Austin Jackson, some people are torn on in terms of where he is in his development. He'll, he, he's a great athlete. He'll need to grow into the role. You mentioned Iquinogony. Robert Hunt can play right tackle. He'll probably kick inside to, to guard. Raquan Davis was a first-round pick forever. He just never played like it. And I remember talking to a scout in the fall that said, you just sometimes you want a guy who looks like that to be a first-round pick, and maybe it's not meant to be. And I think that's the case with Davis. But if anyone can get the most out of him, it's uh, Brian Flores. And um, I'll mention two more names, Jason Strobridge out of UNC. He's 275, so he's sort of a tweener in terms of defensive and defensive tackle. Uh, I think he's going to add a lot of depth there. And then Curtis Weaver, the edge rusher out of Boise State, insanely productive uh, last season. Just their questions about his athleticism. Um so we'll see what happens, but that's more depth on a defense that needs to get better. I think Blake Ferguson, I don't have the, um, positions for I think he's a long snapper, right? If he is, let's assume he is. I actually said on the show to, to EK during, um, during the, uh, Saturday, day three coverage, I said, I had Blake Ferguson as my number one long snapper. And he came ah, in, like, I go, no, I, I didn't watch any long snappers.
0: <laughs> uh, did you, did you hear, uh, Anal <laughs> Jeremiah, too? Uh, was on, was asked about him on the, and he goes, yeah, he had uh, my number one rated touch to toe time in the entire uh in the entire draft because no, you know from the snap to the to the kick. He's like, "No, I haven't why?" He's like, "I right, look, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a second of Long Snapper uh uh film or or draft preview." So, uh you're you're right up there uh with DJ not watching. I'm sure Breach did though.
2: Uh, well, let me ask Wilson a question with that uh you know, I thought the the 18th overall pick with Austin Jacks, you mentioned people were split on that. Maybe they should got another route of offensive line. Uh, maybe Jackson was lower, first round or second round. But let me ask you about, uh, you know, taking a corner there with the thirtieth overall pick. Obviously, they just signed Byron Jones. They have Xavier Howard. Should they have thought about going safety there? Were you surprised no, they didn't?
1: That's a that's a great point because they did. They they I mean they stocked up on these cornerbacks, and they have Xavier Howard. And you mentioned they traded for um Byron Jones. So number thirty, right? Yeah, Eggmanogani's there. So. The next safety, Xavier, McDaniels, Dan, Xavier McKinney, excuse me, went off at 36. So that would have made a, a ton of sense. And I think I had mocked Xavier McKinney to them at some point. Um, but clearly they felt differently. I don't know if their plans are to move some of these guys around in terms of where they lined them up in the secondary. Um, the thing about Igmanogny is – and we don't know what they're going to do with Xavier Howard either because of the off-field stuff, but he's only played safety for two years, and he had a really good season last year. He wasn't much in the way of, of generating turnovers, but he was really good in, in sort of blanket coverage. But that's a great point, Breach, and something I thought about when, when I saw his name come across the old scroll there.
3: Mm. So what's interesting is that – I didn't mind the, the picket corner, and I think when you look at the Belichick school of thinking, you obviously prioritize defensive backs – over players up front. And a year ago, it's, we had a team go from the 32nd worst defense by DVOA into the top five in Tampa Bay. I don't think that's going to happen in Miami. I, you never see that kind of leap usually on a, on a one-year, just with one offseason. But I really do think when you look at free agency and you look at this draft, and all the attention obviously focused on Tua, but I think this defense has a chance to be top half of the league. And it's going to take a lot because they were 32nd. But I think when you add in all those players in free agency – and this draft, I won't be shocked if this is a top-half defense, and that suddenly means if Tua is as good as he is, or, you know, you get some good Fitzpatrick games in there before Tua steps in, like, this team could maybe sneak in as a wild-card contender. And maybe that's insane to say, and maybe that's reactionary, but I think this team is so much more talented than they were a year ago already.
0: Yes! Incredibly! I mean, it's it's night and day, and I think, too, like, You know, one of the things that gets lost in the idea, in the whole construct of tanking in the NFL or what people believe is tanking, um, is that when you, when you strip down your, your team and you roll with a young questionable group of guys, you're inherently giving people a chance to shine. Like someone like Devontae Parker was able to finally break out because he was given the runway to go out there and play well. Um, you know, I don't know that I, I I think that there will probably be, too many people jumping on this bandwagon for 2020, for my taste. Um, same with the, I think the Bills and the, and the and the Dolphins will be public, like will be popular, uh, trendy picks. The Bills to win the division and the Dolphins to, to be a wild card team. Uh, but look, I mean, if Brian Flores is a legit coach, you know, it might happen.
2: I will say I do just think, and not that we're looking this far ahead, but I think the AFC East will probably only send one team to the playoffs next season, just because of how. Not just the changeover, but the fact that they probably have the hardest group of schedules because they play the AFC West and the NFC West. Wow. So these teams have to deal with obviously the 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, and, you know, the AFC West beefed up behind the Chiefs. The Broncos should be good. Uh, the Raiders and the Chargers obviously have a fantastic defense. So that's not going to be easy for any AFC East team, you know, to win more than one of them to win 10 games.
0: I would bank on, that's a great point, Breach. I would bank on, uh, the winner of this division being uh, the owner of whichever third year quarterback takes a big leap. Like if, 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 if Sam Darnold takes it, um, I think the Jets could win the division. And if Josh Allen, like I know this is not a discussion of whether Josh Allen, uh, can take a leap, but simply a, a statement that if he does make a leap and we, we know that he can. I mean, it's possible if he does take a leap, uh, the Buffalo Bills could be a very, very good football team, uh, in 2020. Speaking of. Those Buffalo Bills. Let's get to their grade. I gave the Bills a B. They landed AJ Epinesa, Zach Moss, Gabriel Davis, my guy, Jake Fromm. You love Jake Fromm. Um, I had him as the number one overall pick in my 2020, my early 2020, uh, mock draft as someone pointed out to me on Twitter when I said that Jake Fromm is, was always going to be a day three pick. What I meant was <laughs> <part> <laughs> draft I to it. <laughs> I didn't nurse. mean like, like always, like forever, like, you know, like he, when
2: he was, uh, what I meant was. Did your, did AK just say you hate to see it? Yes. When, <laughs> <laughs> hate to see it? Oh, your wife just got, you hated to see it Oh, Yeah. She nailed it. Dunked she on by your wife. She walked up here It was quiet and opened the
0: fridge and got some stuff to take down for supper and then hate to see it. Hate, dropped a hate to see
2: it on. Well, me. Where's the Dick Vitale dunked on music yeah. for the, the AK Brinson dunking
3: on her husband? <laughs> oh, I just found a tweet. It's amazing. That, Put in the slides. And,
0: and it's always hilarious but, having. I say how many likes did it get? I was like shamed. I replied to him. I was like, I meant. I mean, like, I think you know what I meant, there, right? <laughs> I yep. mean,
3: well, well. Do you know what the word "always" means? Let's we'll start
0: there.
2: Hell, <laughs> 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 uh, Brinson, looking for this. Vitale soundbite, I can tell. Wallace in his it
3: said, up, up and said, <laughs> "I'm away,
0: Dipsy that to. uh I'm gonna pin that to like a part of my computer so I can play it over and over again. That needs to be our new dunked on sound, huh? um Okay. Moving along, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, do anybody have any thoughts on their draft? I guess we sort of touched on it really with the, the possibility of them, uh, winning the, uh, the, the division. Cool. Great. Grand. I, you-
2: I will say they got a steal with Tyler Bass. I thought he was the best kicker in the draft. Probably should have been the first one taken. And, uh, you know what? You need a good kicker in Buffalo because the weather is all over the place and I think he'll play, he'll do well there.
1: Oh, I will mention this, uh, quickly. Uh, Brinson. <laughs> I got a
2: point after too.
1: <laughs> Brent's first overall pick, Jake, Jake Fromm. He has eight and a half inch hands. He plays in Buffalo now, which is a cold weather city, and he struggled in, in poor weather in Georgia.
3: So that's just something to keep an eye on.
0: Did we? I, did, oh, do you have a point?
3: Oh, oh, he thought I was being sarcastic. No, it was actually about from – I don't mind the pick because I think – look, we we just talked about if Josh Allen makes a leap. There's also a reasonable case to be made that maybe he won't make the leap. So I think like it's a little bit of insurance, and it's a fifth-round pick, so you're not really wasting high capital on a developmental quarterback. And also, Josh Allen plays a really physical style of quarterback, and so there's always the risk that he's going to take one bad hit and break an arm or whatever it may be. So I don't mind – the idea of adding depth at quarterback when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, both in the short term and long term.
0: Did you guys, did I, did I point out what traps Chris Trapasso said after the, the day three about Jake Fromm? what? It oh, was a really good point. So uh, I'll just reiterate it here. If you've already listened to that podcast, skip ahead 15 seconds. Um Traps noted that Josh Allen has come out and said that he really likes ha- he He's, he's liked having Matt Barkley as his backup. Um, even though Barkley and like Jake Fromm. Are nothing like Josh Allen in terms of players. Like they are smart, uh, anticipate, in, anticipatory throwers who uh, don't, who lack the arm strength of Allen. But apparently Allen learns well from what, by, by working with Matt Barkley. So like by putting Jake Fromm and matt barkley in the quarterback room they see things that josh allen just doesn't see that he's always been able to overcome with his own raw strength and so he's able to sort of pick up on some of the nuances and learn in that sort of different fashion we, we always think about you want to have a, the quarterbacks are the same style so you can play them but like i i just think that that sort of makes sense and like i think jake Fromm could absolutely help accelerate josh
2: allen's learning curve uh, at some point
3: and barkley is a free agent i believe after the upcoming year so they're in the market for a new long-term backup
2: Uh, But but what does that say about Josh Allen that a rookie might come in and help him see things he can't see when he is going into his third year of NFL football?
0: It says that he has a really strong arm and that he (laughs) over things with his, uh, physical abilities, (laughs) the New York jets. I thought the New York jets had a nice start to their draft. A very nice start. I think coming up at number 11, um, when you're picking an 11 and then you know that you've got a, a second round pick, you're thinking wide receiver, you're thinking offensive line and to come away with Makai Becton and Denzel Mims. Um, one of the, I think, you know, two, one of the top five offensive linemen and probably one of the top five wide receivers, uh, in this draft to do that is a really nice haul. Then they circle back and got Sean's boy Ashton Davis out of Cal. That's a great playmaker. Uh, you know, also added Lamichael Pirine. Who I believe is the cousin of Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, James Morgan, eh, had a quarterback, fine. Uh, Cameron Clark, sneaky offensive lineman, uh, lineman out of, uh, Charlotte. And then Bryce Hall, fantastic pick, uh, in the fifth round to steal Bryce Hall, the UVA cornerback. I gave the New York Jets and a punter. They took, they take a punter too. Keep punters are people too, right? Rich Eisen, I gave the Jets a B plus. Uh, how about the Patriots? A-minus for me from the Patriots. Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, Devin Asiasi. Is that how do you say Asiasi? Asiasi? Asiasi. Uh And they also added, uh, Wilson, another. They got, so they got two tight ends in that draft. And then Justin Rohrwasser, the kicker uh, out of Marshall, the first kicker taken. Cash that field bet, baby. Um, although he has some interesting tattoos, which are sort of causing a stir. You're uh, glossing over the. The mustache joke I made at
1: Breach's expense about Dalton Keene. I thought that was pretty good. I was going to let you say it again. Well, even no one can see the graphic now. Go look up Dalton Keene's uh, headshot from Virginia Tech and just imagine Breach putting on that
2: mustache to rob a liquor store. <laughs> how, do, how do you know Dalton Keene didn't see my mugshot and say I'm going to grow one like that from the time I robbed the liquor store with the fake mustache? You've never
1: had a mustache like that. That's D- I
2: mean, I might. There are a lot of things about Breach we don't know, Ryan. You know, its I, I do want to defend Justin Rorasser's on-field performance real quick. I am not gonna, I don't have the same tattoos as him. I'm not gonna defend that. Um, but Brinson hated on the pick during the HQ show. And since we do not do rebuttals on the HQ show, I will say real quick that Rorasser is actually, uh, fits what the Patriots are trying to do. He was the best kickoff guy in this draft, uh, can either boot it out of the end zone, directionally kick it. Bill Belichick is just like, if you're a kicker, there's only Kickers do not want to play for him because it's so difficult because he, he has d- directional kicks. Uh, Roaster can do all that, and he played at Rhode Island and Marshall. Two, not, two colleges don't have great weather, and that's what you need uh, in New England. You want a kicker who didn't spend their whole time playing down south or in Florida and California. You want someone who's dealt with the elements before because they're going to have to deal with that in New England. All
0: right. Let's get to the AFC North where John Breach will be doing the grading. And as you might expect, we'll be starting with – the Cleveland Browns, and doing a longer discussion on them, and then glossing over the rest of the teams in the division with minimal talk and uh, less than ten seconds saved for the Cincinnati Bengals.
2: Woohoo. All right, let's do. We're starting,
0: we're starting with the Bengals.
2: Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, we can start. We can start off with the Bengals. That's fine. I'm, I'm all about. You
0: have a document with the information about how we're supposed to
2: proceed. In front of you in your computer, start with the damn Bengals breach. Give us a grade. I don't always read those documents. All right. My grade for the Bengals <laughs> was going to be the A, but I have to pay the Homer tax because I have a Bengals helmet, uh, here right behind me that people can't see because this is an audio podcast and I am a ho- I, oh, wait, wait,
0: wait, What was that
3: pronunciation of? Helmet. <laughs> it sounded like he went and did like a weird accent. Know,
2: it's like like, like, like a little redneck came out. My there. wife <laughs> is from Alabama
3: guys. He went hey, with I her, her been- for.
2: A couple years, all of a sudden, I'm talking like a southerner. Um, I
1: need a running list of things that Breach says weirdly. There's jaguars. Jaguars.
2: There's uh, how do you say acorn again? Oh, uh, when I said egg corn. Ed, a- egg egg plus corn. He says potential. Which thank
3: is a, you. Okay, we've never talked about the potential thing, and I've oh, he's been saying it so much, and we haven't brought it up that I've been wondering, have I been saying it wrong my whole life? I just hear thank it, you.
1: I, I laugh and then I forget about it. And he says, okay. There's potential there's that You one? know who has
2: a lot of potential? The Bengals. <laughs> After this fantastic draft where okay, so I was gonna give May, but I'm giving an A minus since I am a Bengals fan. I just loved, absolutely loved what they did. I thought they crushed it, obviously besides Burrow, uh they just filled all the needs that they had. They needed linebackers, they went out and got linebackers. I know a lot of people thought maybe T. Higgins got drafted a bit too high, but T. Higgins worked out a lot with Burrow. They had some chemistry this offseason, and you know, he was good at Clemson, so I was absolutely fine with that pick. Uh, and I thought they even did well at the at the bottom of the draft, fifth round they got Khalid Kareem, uh, and I thought that was a good pick to get at that spot. And as I mentioned on the HQ show, Khalid Kareem has vowed in fourth grade that he would be
3: the MVP at Super Bowl 60,
2: and I think it's going to happen.
3: They're going to win the next five Super Bowls. So – Breach, what you're saying is that when the Bengals win Super Bowl 60, Joe Burrow's going to play terrible and some guy's are going to have to build out. No, Khalid Kareem's going to have eight sacks, a fumble recovery
2: for a touchdown, and an interception. That's enough to outshine a quarterback. All right, all right. Let's clip this and we'll play it in a few years. What year is
1: Super Bowl 60? What, what year would that
2: be? Five years. This year is Super Bowl 55. That's February, 2020, February 2026.
3: Yeah, what if he has eight
2: sacks in that game? He's that would be better week.
3: than predicting the Raiders would go exactly 12 and 4.
2: By the way, he'll he'll definitely
1: have what Brees just mentioned. He'll get he'll be the first player to win Super Bowl MVP on a losing team. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, second second player, cow- Cowboys, Cowboys linebacker won it in Super Bowl five. Uh, top of my head, buddy. Well done. <laughs> buddy.
3: Wow, he just got buddied.
0: So he so Khalid Kareem was like, Yeah, I'm gonna make it to the NFL, but it's gonna take me five years to win the Super Bowl. Was- <laughs> he didn't do the math in seventh grade or whenever he said that. He just said Super Bowl sixty. I like, love this, this article says, yes, he went so far as to do the math to figure out when he'd be in the prime of his career. Why, why
1: are you, you doubting him then? That's what he meant, I guess. Um, I love this draft. I absolutely do. I mean, Breach mentioned uh, questions about T. Higgins. We'll see. He'll get into being great. So some people didn't love him that high, but clearly the Bengals did. Those linebackers are going to be awesome. Logan Wilson I like. I like Akeem davis Gator even better, and I'm actually mad that he went to the Bengals because I wanted him to go to the Steelers. Khalid Kareem played opposite of Julian Aquara, who was drafted by the Lions. I think he rejoined his brother there. Aquar is a better athlete. Kareem's a better player right now. So, I mean, he can come in right away and contribute probably faster than Aquara will. And uh, Detroit and Adena Adin- Jay is going to be good, too. Like, he's great value that late. Marcus Bailey had an injury history. But if he's healthy, that's another linebacker you can throw out there to help against the run. I mean, this home is there any position that wasn't filled that you were looking for, Breach?
2: Uh, I don't think there was anything that was overly, uh, you know, because linebacker was the big one on defense. You had to see quarterback obviously – and then you look down at what else they did. I, maybe people would have liked to see an offensive lineman go a little bit earlier. I know that Josh Jones was still available when they made their 65th overall pick. And I think a lot of Bengals fans would have liked to see Josh Jones go there. But, you know, Logan Wilson, that you have to, their defense was so bad last year that you had to fill that hole. So I was okay. And then they ended up turning around going offensive lineman in the sixth round. Uh, you know, obviously that not, might not be a guy who starts for your team, but overall, you know, I gave him a minus, not an A plus. It's fine. That's that's what, the argument.
0: What, what would be a
2: successful season for the Bengals at this point? What, like morally or or what? <laughs> record-wise? Well, <laughs> well they, right. went, they went they went two and fourteen last year, so three and thirteen would be better than last year. I think.
3: I think that Bengals not, fans.
2: If they win three games
0: next year, that's not a successful. I season. think Zach Taylor's Bengals, getting
3: fired if they win three games. That's I think Bengals
2: fans down. would be happy with anything over seven wins. Yeah, eight and eight.
1: I was gonna say eight and eight is the starting point.
3: Eight and eight wait, is- wait, wait. If I think if they go six and ten and Burrow yes. shows promise, that's that's a good season.
2: Well, he's talking about Bengals fans.
3: Okay, yeah, that's true. All yeah, great. but
2: what if they go six and ten and Burrow doesn't show promise? You know, like what if he's average? So it's it that's not a great. So so I think- single digit losses.
3: So I mean, I I think for me then. If you're asking that question, it's less about the record and more just how does Joe Burrow look? For sure.
0: Like, if you go 2-14, and 14, but Burrow looks awesome, it's like, whatever. Like, we got Burrow. Like, we'll figure it out. And we
3: got Burrow, and we got a great pick that we can, like, trade back and then stock the roster around him. Yeah, that would be almost a best-case scenario for them, They're to tackle. be frank.
1: Probably not, but they might. What's the
0: uh, over-under,
2: you know? Um, I'm going over whatever Brinson makes the over-under. Five and a
0: half. <laughs> It'll either be five and a half or six. I, I bet it's five and a half.
2: I would take the over.
0: I would too, but I mean, like, I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I take the over at six and a half. It's, uh, but the,
3: I mean, it's it's a tough division though, especially if Big Ben is healthy. Like, you know, I don't. It's gonna be hard for them to win, frankly, any division games. I, I really do think so. Okay. I would probably take the under, and that's not me saying they had a bad draft. I think they had a great draft. I just think this is the team that, especially in a shortened offseason, they're. Not, I don't think they're going to come out in September playing good football at all. I think this well, is a team yeah. that could peak later.
1: They're gonna they're gonna sweep the Browns and they might be
2: the Steelers once. I'm calling it now. They're not gonna beat the Ravens. I don't think. They almost beat the Ravens last year with their trash team. They lost twenty-three to seventeen in one of those games. Okay, well they still lost.
3: This is like you saying the Lions almost started five and five and zero. <laughs> they they did almost start five and zero, Fun but fact. they didn't start five and zero.
0: They almost beat the Steelers, but they lost by six.
2: <laughs> what about the Browns, Breach? The Browns. I gave the Bengals an A minus. I am giving the Browns an A minus. I really liked what they did. I honestly thought they had. If you just look at the first three picks. They might have had the best three picks, first three picks of any team in the draft. They had to get an offensive lineman. I don't think they even have had a left tackle on their roster going into the draft. So getting Jedrick Wills was huge. Uh, and obviously defensively, getting a safety in there, Grant Delpit fell into their lap. I'm sure Ryan could tell us that he probably, the thought was he's going to go a little bit higher than that. And then you have Jordan Elliott, defensive lineman, who fell to them at 88, who probably also uh, many people thought was going to go higher than that. So just those three picks alone I thought were all uh, arguably A-plus picks. And then the rest of the draft, you know, I think they just kind of tried to fill needs. But based on those first three picks, I don't think you can give the Browns anything below an A-minus. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh you You're mentioned. Playing
0: music. I forgot that I had this.
3: Oh, I thought Breach was kicking boxes. But...
0: Yeah, it was the, uh, it's the Pick 6 podcast NFL smack chat uh, that accidentally played. the.
3: Yeah. Breach mentioned Grant Delpit, and to his point, he went at 44, one spot behind the Bears, and we've talked a lot about the Bears draft. He was the guy who wanted the Bears to take at 43. So I think the Browns were pretty fortunate that the Bears overlooked a bigger need with the first-round talent there and went with the tight end. So I do think that was a great pick for the Browns, probably my favorite pick of theirs.
2: And the Browns totally knew the Bears were going to take a tight end because everyone knew it. Because why not when you have nine tight ends? So good for Ab- the Browns.
3: Yeah, exactly. Who would have bet on Cole Komet's over under at 43.5 taking the over? Everyone knew it. Mm. Hey, everybody. All right, keep going.
2: All right, give us the Ravens
0: grade, Breacher.
2: Well, you know what? I, we got two A-minuses so far, so let's just go with a third A-minus. I really, really loved what the Ravens did. I'm going to start with the second-round pick because I feel like that was the one they got grilled for the most with J.K. Dobbins and Brinson you are the JK Dobbins guy on Twitter. You should be his agent because you were really quick to the trigger pointing out why this was such a smart pick for the Ravens. Look, with the offense they run with Lamar Jackson back there, he's in shotgun on nearly every single play. You want a running back who is good out of shotgun. Not every running back can do this. It's not easy to run an offense, uh, if you're a running back and JK Dobbins is one of the, was one of the best in the country at the collegiate level, and now you put him in the Ravens' offense, this is a deadly combo. Mark Ingram's getting older, so I thought that was a great pick in the second round, uh, even if some people were surprised by it. Patrick Queen Patrick Queen, fell into their lap. This was all, I think, everyone had him mocked to the Ravens at some point, and the fact that this happened, the fact that he didn't go off the board earlier, I mean, there are a lot of teams in the early 20s that might have grabbed him. They did not, and now that Ravens' defense just gets nastier, And then third round, Devin DuVernay. I like that pick a lot. So I just thought the, uh, the Ravens, it is amazing sometimes how the rich get richer, uh, or maybe just the competent front offices always seem to have good drafts. And that felt like the case here with the Ravens. And I am giving them an A minus. Um,
0: you know, I, I was, I was just surprised. It's like. The analytic people on Twitter, are like out there, like they took a running back, our Ravens, like what, why did they do that? They can't, they, they're supposed to be a smarter team. It's like, well, then use some analytics and figure out why they took JK Dobbins, bros.
3: Yeah. Oh, do you want to name any of the analytic bros you're calling out?
0: No, oh, I mean, they're all people I like. And like, I, I just saw the chat. I just immediately saw a chatter. Like people were just mad about the, the Ravens taking a running back. And I get it, but like if you're ball. I've talked about this a lot and I've tweeted about it like, oh, well, actually I'll name it Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz called me out and said that utilizing, uh, yards produced at a shotgun to, to figure out which running backs you want to take is not analytics. I was like, it's the definition of analytics. Did you see my reply to him too? It's very snarky. I don't, I don't think people that want to beat you I, up. <laughs> I screenshot. All of
3: whom can beat him up.
0: I Googled what are analytics and screenshotted it and then sent it back to him. It was, it was early in the morning. I was,
3: on the uh, – Brinson, how, the how,
0: many,
2: how many fights did you pick over the weekend? A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we here at Brinson Sports Online will not take <laughs> – in-
3: Including a guy at the grocery store almost, allegedly.
0: Oh, uh, at uh, the fair, Fresh Market. Yeah. Well,
1: the dude wasn't wearing a mask. Put your mask on, pal. That was 100% you, and someone approached you and yelled at you for not wearing a mask. And I
0: have it. a selfie of me with a mask on.
1: Yeah, after that guy
2: what, punched what, it. What, wait, what, why do you have a selfie with Wait, with and you make fun of Sean for taking a picture you. of himself
0: Thank with Thank you.
3: Well. <laughs> <laughs> why did you take a selfie? And the music. Cue it up. <laughs> <laughs> do I really have to play the music? Oh, boy. Well, do we have music for someone dunking on themselves?
0: <laughs> what <laughs> don't go no, uh, I was texting with some friends And they um I said about the Fresh Market And they are like, oh, you better have a mask on Because it's required at Fresh Market And so I took a picture to show that I had the mask on I wasn't like, hey, take my picture of this." Um, pan-
3: imagine seeing this guy At the Fresh Market going like this With his <laughs> basket of, of beer I knew
1: it was, he does it all the time Every time he's there, he's taking selfies with the beer <laughs> go, That's Stop remember.
3: this cool IPA Triple <laughs> Triple IPA, you won't believe it. <laughs> good God. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, Breach has even thought about the next caddies.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: a lot of potential there.
2: <laughs> All right, Breach Steelers, what do you got? I'm, I was deep in thought about how much Ryan's going to hate the grade. So Jeez. I have given every team in the AFC North an A-minus so far. Felt like every team had a good draft except for... Ryan's Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't hate the draft. I didn't love the draft, so I gave it a B minus. Uh, cool. I, I thought the second round, Chase Claypool, it not a bad pick. I just didn't think they need to go wide receiver. I thought their best pick actually came in the fourth round with Anthony McFarland. Good value there, and plus, you, you know, you don't know – what you have with James Conner, you know, he's not on the field. He has trouble staying healthy. You need to get someone back there. You need to add a running back. So I like that they did that, and they didn't do it early. I, I, you know, if they would have taken a running back in the second round, that also would have been bad. Uh, so – you know, Ryan, you can say more about the Steelers draft than I could, but I thought maybe they could have looked to get an offensive lineman a little higher. They have their two starting tackles, uh, have expiring contracts after the 2020 season, uh, so they could have got a jump ahead of the gun there had they taken a tackle in the second round or maybe a defensive lineman, but they went with a wide receiver.
1: Now, B- is fair, and Chase Claypool, he'll be interesting. He ran a 4.45 or something, uh, but he showed up at 238. And for as fast as he is, he didn't create create a ton of separation, but he is like a, a high point guy, so that's important. They didn't really have that last year, and he'll he'll be the sort of deep threat. He can even play in the middle of the field. Like if you line him up with Eric Ebron, I think that's something there. But I wouldn't have taken him there. I mean, Denzel Mims was still there, and, and no point ever did I think Denzel Mims would go before go after Chase Claypool. I will say this. Um, Uncle Kenny White has been on Chase Claypool for weeks, and he's talked about him as a potential first-round pick. So that's the only person, and I've heard talk about that, and and he certainly did. But Cam Makers was still there. J.K. Dobbins was still there. So some Steelers fans wanted that to happen. B- certainly seems fair. I think uh, Kevin Dotson, the um the uh, offensive tackle they got out of Louisiana, actually has a chance to be good. Um, so I'm fine with that. And, and Breach hit on McFarlane. I, I like that, too. Alex Heisman is going to be a project as an edge rusher from Charlotte. So hopefully no one gets injured between Bud Dupree and and, uh, TJ Watt.
0: Okay. Moving along to the AFC South after the break.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
0: Wilson was grading the AFC South. I tricked Debo, by the way, when I said moving along. Got him. Got him! Not necessary dunking on Debo as he's producing the show. Um AFC South. Get... What's that? What's the... How'd you get him? I said moving along to the AFC South, he's about to go, no, break, break, break!
1: And I said, Dim. oh, gotcha, I no, see.
3: Got me good. I was just about to say <laughs> that verbatim, Debo. Wow, what a dunk. <laughs> play that, the music, you that one play the cord. music, find your chord and play the music. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Devo's hitting the wall, just like everybody else. All right, Wilson, give us a Jaguars grade.
1: Uh, I like this. I'll give it a, a B+. Plus. C.J. Henderson I had going in my next-to-last penultimate, if you will, mock draft, and I was talking to the Jaguars radios radio guys, and they didn't like the pick, so I went with Javon Kinlaw instead. That's on me. But C.J. Henderson's, I think, is going to be really good. And then they circle back and got Caleb on chase on. So they're going to have chase on, Yannick Ngakwe, And Josh Allen, all his edge rushers. And look, that defense has to get better. So I think that's great. Devon Hamilton went in round three as well. He played next to Chase Young. He's a really good interior lineman. And the pick before that, or the, the, the second round pick before that, Lubiska Chenault, who we thought was going to be a first round pick potentially, but, uh, potentially, excuse me, but he had, he had injury history. And they went on. Ben Barch is a small school guy, played division three, started off a tight end. He might kick into guard, but he's, uh, extremely athletic. And I'll mention one last name, Colin Johnson, the wide receiver. In the fifth round out of Texas, 6-4. There was some buzz about him, about being a day one, day two guy coming into the season. He returned to school in 2019, um, but he slipped around five. So a huge target for Gardner Minshew, or should they sign one of these quarterbacks uh, at some point in free agency?
0: Um, are the Jaguars better than they were a year ago?
1: Yeah. I mean, Nick Foles was terrible. He didn't play very much. But, uh, yeah, they got rid of. Jalen Rams, got two first round picks out of it. I I think that's a deal you, you make for a guy that doesn't want to be there. We'll see what happens with
3: Ngakwe, but I think they're better. Yeah. I mean, I, I like their draft. The question is, can they actually hold on to these good players? Because that's been a problem for them. I know. I
0: meant to tweet it and I I forgot to tweet it. I was going to be like, congratulations to CJ Henderson and, uh, Caleb on on, uh, on getting into a fight with their, with their, with their, like, the team five years from now than being traded for a draft pick. Like, or, you know, something of that effect. Like, we've just seen these guys. Like, I mean, when, when is the last player that Jacksonville has drafted or developed, like, that has worked out? Like, they can't hold on to anybody. Either their picks are terrible or they lose them after three or four years. Like, bill a second deal. What? <laughs> he did.
3: Uh, I mean, you're right. Cause like, even Allen Robinson was a great pick and then they just let him go.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I'm just trying to think, like, Jalen never got that second deal, right? He's
1: got it. Yeah, well,
2: yeah. uh, I believe that Justin Blackman is technically still on the roster.
0: Um, I'm I'm going to go out on a <gasps> to The Justin Blackman pick did not work out well.
2: <laughs> he's he's still on the roster, like nine years later. I think it's he's got potential. He's got some potentials. He doesn't count against their active roster though because he's on like the suspended, reserved, whatever list. He really is on the roster. I think so. Ah. It's one of those things where you just keep them there in case they ever decide to make a comeback down the road, and you own the rights. There's no reason not to just keep them.
3: I
0: mean, Telvin Smith randomly retired. Uh, maybe Brandon Lind- Lindor.
3: Miles Jack, uh, but he hasn't gotten a deal yet. He hasn't played well. He didn't play well last yeah. year. Yeah, last year he didn't play well. But no one on that defense really played well. I mean, they're, they're, Josh they're, Allen played well.
0: Yeah, I, mean, yeah I, I just I don't think that they have anybody. It's unbelievable. I mean, Cam Robinson, D.D. Westbrook, and D.J. Chark.
1: They're still on their rookie deals.
0: I think. Yeah. Miles, Miles
1: Jack. He didn't play well last year.
0: <laughs> what about Miles Jack? Uh, I think well, he didn't play well. Uh, what do you give the Indianapolis Colts? I love the Colts draft.
1: Debo got a B minus on the Jaguars. Don't don't slack off on the job now. We're down the home stretch. <laughs> Colts. I give him a B. Uh, I like. I love the Michael Pittman pick at the top of the second round. I love the Jonathan Taylor pick a few picks later. Um. Jacob Beeson in the fourth, I know you guys are, are big on that, and, and I, I think it's a great landing spot to go there and not have the pressure of playing right away because I think Jacob Beeson should have gone back to school. Um, I'm, he probably feels that way now, too, since he didn't go in, on day one or day two, but I, I just think that's perfect. Frank Reich is a perfect – we talk about it all the time in the weeks leading up to the draft. These quarterbacks that are inexperienced or need more time need to go to perfect landing spots, and this is the the, the a good version of that. I mean, the Packers, in theory, makes sense, but – as Brinson mentioned on the show, uh, what'd you call him? Incredibly petty? I,
0: I, feel like Aaron Rodgers would be a, I, petty is not a bad thing. I called Michael Jordan petty on Sunday night. People got big mad at me. It's like, Jordan's petty as hell, man. What are you talking about?
1: But yeah, but I mean, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a, a great mentor. Maybe Phil Rivers isn't either, but in theory, I think he would be probably pretty good. I, I think, I think Rivers will be,
0: uh, I think it'll be, actually, I think he will be a great mentor. Uh, like I don't think he's going to go out of his way. To like, like be excessively helpful, but like his situation with a one year contract, uh, knowing that he really only wants to play for two more years and knowing that the Colts are trying to set him up for the long haul. I think he'll be, I think he'd be more than willing to show Jacob Eason the ropes or and answer any questions Jacob Eason has and sort of, uh, give him some tips and pointers. And, and at the very least, you know, you learn by osmosis by being in the room with Rivers. I mean, I, I think he'll be. I would assume, and I, I would I would guess somebody will ask him this, but I would I would bet that he is extremely helpful uh, to Jacob Eason. Okay. Well, then that's a great landing spot. So, yeah,
1: I, I like what they've done. They, they addressed the offensive defensive line. Rob, Robert Windsor is a guy that flashed a little bit last year, defensive tackle from, from Penn State. Uh, Desmond Patton, uh, the wife of Washington State, um, also played well at times. I think he timed slow. i have to go back and look. I'm not sure. But, yeah, so a uh, good solid B.
2: I like what they did. Cool. Uh, how you about? Think, do you think they'll trade Marlon Mack? No. Dang, Brinson. That's I mean, bad. I think he on the last year's deal. I think
0: they want to, they want to, they want to put Mack and Jonathan Taylor out there and then not have to pay Mack after this year.
3: Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. and it's not like someone's gonna offer a huge pick for Marlon Mack. He's a good player, but entering the final year of his deal, no one's gonna give up more than like, what, a fifth or sixth rounder for him, probably? Yeah. And there were, there
0: were a couple of stretches last year where he got hurt, too. Like, he's missed some time, and, and their running game suffers when he's not out there, so Taylor makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, what about the Texans, Wilson? This is also a B. Uh, I thought,
1: despite all the grief we give, uh, Bill, uh, what's his real name? O'Brien. <laughs> What's
2: oh, his real name? <laughs> he's been calling him Bill O'Brenson for so long. Oh,
1: That's he, his de facto name. He did a good job. Um, Ross Blacklock is a really good player. There's some first-round buzz about him. I liked him better. Uh, is like the third or fourth defensive tackle, but the defensive tackle class is pretty deep. So he's a good explosive guy in the middle. Jonathan Grenard is a, another explosive guy off the edge. Um, played at Florida. I think he has a chance to be really good. Charlie Heck is from UNC, the offensive lineman. He will probably kick inside even though he's eight feet tall. Uh, John Reed, meanwhile, uh, Debo's guy out of uh, Penn State, small uh, slot receiver, but he is tough as nails. He can tackle. Um, he can play inside or out if they need him to. Then Isaiah Coulter, the wide receiver out of Rhode Island, I think he ran sub four or five of the combine, and he's a, a work in proge- uh, proce- uh, progress. Work in progress, excuse me. But uh, he can fly, and, and you know they they need to replace some guy named Nook Hopkins if they traded for a bag of peanuts. What about the Titans, Wilson? You're going be minus. Um, uh, Isaiah Wilson, they got in the first round. Um, some people have been talking about that. He played opposite on, uh, Andrew Thomas. Uh, he played at right tackle, but I was talking to a scout a few weeks ago that thinks he could actually play left tackle if you need him to, but Jack Conklin's gone. So that makes a ton of sense there. If you're going to lean on that running game, Christian Fulton in round two, uh, he slipped a little bit. So we'll see if he comes out and, and plays with a chip on his shoulder as people like to say. I thought he had a really good season last year. Uh, Darrington Evans out of App State. Where's Appalachia State again? What
0: town is that in? Boone, North Carolina.
1: But, there you go. Yeah, North he's...
0: Boone, stop by Peabody's.
1: Oh yeah, there you go. Beer store. Um, yeah, you see Princeton out there taking selfies with a mask on. Uh, Darrington <laughs> Evans is a little, uh, spark plug, one cut and go guy. He's, he's a lot of fun to watch. He won't give you much in the blocking game, but that's okay. Then Prince's guy, Laurel Murchison, the defensive tackle, who actually had a really good um, senior bowl, and I thought I think he has a chance to be a good little player there. And then Cole McDonald, the quarterback, strong arm quarterback out of Hawaii. I don't think he'll be anything more than uh, a guy trying to make the team out of training camp. But uh, there it is. So I thought it was a, a solid draft. Nothing super sexy. No AJ Browns in this draft class. But um, Christian Fulton and Darrington Evans could be could be good players.
0: Um, I would point out too that I think that John Robinson has been one of the best drafting general managers um uh, of the last few years he's i mean like just you know you look at his players i mean obviously jack conklin is, is now gone but was fantastic for tennessee he got derrick henry kevin byard uh in the uh third round johnny smith in the third round Javon brown in the or jayon brown in the fifth um you know like harold landry in the second he's just found a ton of value so I'm very curious to see A.J. Brown in the second last year. Um, so I will be curious to see how this plays out. I would assume that Christian Fulton is probably going to look like a pretty decent little pick. But we will have to see. And I, I agree. Murchison Murch is uh, is a great player. All right. Wilson's going to bounce out of here to go do HQ. And uh, we'll see you later, buddy. Let's Not get. Yeah, I don't want you to talk. Just get out of here. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, all right. Let's get to the AFC West. The Denver Broncos. How about, by the way, how about Wilson yesterday? We were doing the, we were doing the NFC teams and we get, we get, you know, we get done with the NFC teams and Wilson's like, I got, I got, I got, I got to go in 10 minutes. We're like, why? He's like, see my family. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Um, Broncos, Sean, what was your grade for the Broncos?
3: I gave them an A. And I actually think just like how we all agree on the Packers having terrible draft, I think it's pretty unanimous across the country that the Broncos had a great draft. This is the draft that we kind of thought the Packers might have, where they give the quarterback the weapons that he needs. And this was all about building around Drew Locke, and they're going to find out in the next year or two if Drew Locke is for real because he doesn't have many excuses now. Uh, look, getting Judy at 15 I thought was pretty good value after the Raiders took Rugs, that freed Judy up to fall to the Broncos. I actually thought the Broncos might be in the market for Rugs because I thought Judy would be off the board first. So I thought that was tremendous value. K.J. Hamler in the second round. Uh, and look, they addressed the interior of their offensive line, Lloyd Cushenberry, in the third round. And that was a pretty big need to beef up that offensive line. They got the tight end out of Missouri, whose last name I'm not going to try to pronounce, Albert O. Um, look, Drew Locke has familiarity with him, their chemistry. They probably won't need an offseason, which is good news because they're not going to get an offseason. And they even had another wide receiver in the seventh round, Tyree Cleveland. And th- here's what's interesting. Cortland Sutton averages 16 yards per catch in his career. He's one of the better deep threats in football. He is now the slowest wide receiver on the Broncos by 40 time, which seems kind of insane. I mean, this this uh, this offense just has so much speed, and it's almost like they looked at their roster and they said, "Yes, we had some needs on defense, but we added AJ Bouye in um, a pretty cheap trade. We have Vic Fangio who can co- who can coach up this defense, and, and it was almost like Vic Fangio was saying, "I can handle this defense, guys. I get Bryce Callahan healthy again, we're fine in the secondary." You just take care of the offense and the defense will be good enough because of my coaching. And I think that's a pretty good attitude to have within the same division as Patrick Mahomes.
0: They are going to be a really popular sleeper. I was, uh, I was, I mean, I'm almost glad I was a year off. Like I don't like, I just think I, I, I this division, man, I mean, it's going to be tough. Like you look at all these teams. I, I don't think the Broncos are going to win the division, but I mean, like if Drew Locke is legit and takes a leap forward in his second year, I mean, I mean, people, It's hard to know about Drew Locke, and that's just – I mean, I think that's just fair to say. Like, you just can't know for sure whether Drew Locke is going to be great. But, like, if he's good with these weapons around him, the Broncos could have a really good season.
2: Yeah, and that is – look, they had a crazy bad quarterback situation last year, starting with Joe Flacco and kind of throwing Drew Locke into the fire, even though he did have a solid end of the season. And despite that – despite those issues at quarterback – this team still lost five of their nine games by one score. Yep. So it like this team was not getting blown out. Their defense was keeping them in games. And now they've added all these offensive weapons. And if Drew Walk just takes a baby step forward, I mean there's no reason this is not a nine and seven or ten and six team. So it, it is very interesting.
3: Uh yeah, I think they're absolutely a dark horse, Brenton. I like that. Brenton, I actually kinda of think the move is still the delay of your picking them because I think they're going to be that sexy pick. But the fact of the matter is all these weapons they've added, they're rookies and it takes wide receivers longer to acclimate to the NFL. And Drew Locke hasn't had a full season and they're not going to have that full off season. So I actually think they're a great 2021 value bet.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good call. And look, I mean, you know, the reality too is that um, winning games in the NFL is hard and we, we expect this to be like a, uh, everybody expects incremental progress. Just that's, that's not always how it works in the NFL. They could go six and 10, and be a better football team in 2020 and then, you know, maybe take a big leap forward in, in 2021. So that's, a, that's probably a good call, Sean. Uh, next up, the Chargers. What was your, we mentioned them. What was your grade for the Chargers?
3: I gave them a D. And again, it comes with the caveat that where if Herbert ends up being good, suddenly it's an A draft, right? But I think we can all agree we don't like the value of Herbert at six, especially when you see the other players there.
0: I, I, don't, per- like, I don't like Herbert as a prospect, and like I, I feel bad bagging on the dude. And if he's good, you know, st- or, you know shove me in a locker and, and call me a dork, and you know, sh- you know, dunk okay. with me or whatever you want to do. But like, you know, play the dicky V music for the rest of the time. Uh, but I, I just. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I like the alignment of how they appear to be going for it with Herbert. Like they're they want to be all in on Tyrod Taylor this year, but then you draft Herbert. I don't know. I would have rather. I would I would have rather getting a defensive player at six and then trade it and then waited a year.
3: I mean, I thought I was ready. During the draft to write an article about w- that when they took Simmons about how it was a smart move to pass on her uh, pass on Herbert and take another Derwin James type of player and add it to that defense and try to go win a Tyrod who has proven he can win with Anthony Lynn if you have a good defense and some decent parts around him and look, they tried to do both by training back into the first round for a linebacker in Murray. The problem is, we talked about this, I think, immediately after the draft. Would you rather have Murray and Herbert, or would you rather have Simmons and, say, Jordan Love? I would have had the latter, and I think that would have been a better trade up. And according to Warren Sharp, the Chargers' decision to trade back into the first round to get Murray cost them the most value of any team when only looking at 2020 draft capital loss. So I know in the immediate aftermath, there was a lot of talk about they didn't give up that much. They still lost a lot of value to move back into the first round to take a linebacker who's not close to being as good as Isaiah Simmons. And that's the
2: crazy thing is that this team was trying to make a splashy move by trading back into the first round. And if that was your plan all along, you could have had Jordan Love and used the six overall pick on either a starting tackle or Isaiah Simmons or Derek Brown. Like, you literally could have done anything but what you did. Uh So... You know, it's, it's crazy that if they had not traded back in the first round, their draft might have been graded slightly higher. It just didn't make any sense to go quarterback linebacker here when they could have gone any position quarterback at 23rd overall. Uh, so this was just a fascinating, and I know I've mentioned this a thousand times, but look, you look at the contracts they've expiring after the 2020 season. You have Mike Pouncey, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. It's just, you're not re-signing all those guys. This is your big window. This is the Chargers outside of their quarterback have one of the most talented teams in the NFL, and they're going to blow it because, you know, you're starting a rookie who's learning on the fly or you're starting Tyrod Taylor and you're not winning Super Bowl Tyrod
3: Taylor. Not to mention they picked at 23 when they traded back up. They didn't pick again until 112. That's a pretty big gap to not take a player. You Especially tra- in a deep draft, if, right?
0: Yeah. If you trade with Bill Belichick during the draft, you probably got fleeced. <laughs> Chargers traded with Bill Belichick in the draft. I, the thirty-seven and seventy-one is just way too much to pay. I, I don't Is the does the draft chart? Did it say? Did we look it up, or do we talk about that? Do they? No, did I
3: was it? just quoting Warren Sharp saying that that was they lost the most draft capital on that trade alone in the entire draft
0: yeah uh yeah and i agree that I, I, I don't like i don't like the move i like getting murray but i mean you got to have those picks all right uh moving along to another team in the division the oakland the oh, the las vegas raiders one day i'll get it right uh the raiders <laughs> had two first round picks and just like last year they surprised some people uh sean they took henry ruggs and david arnett i don't think that's necessarily the combo we saw coming what'd you give them
3: yeah and look that's why i gave them a b-minus it Obviously, they should follow their own evaluations. Obviously, their evaluations didn't mesh with the consensus among draft experts because I don't think most people thought Rugs would go first. I had, I had someone else go in there, and we've People's- talked about this. Let's go do for the record. Yeah, yeah. I know some people did. I We talked about this on the podcast right after. I don't see him meshing very well with Derek Carr. This pick could look a whole lot better a year from now if they draft a quarterback who is more willing to stand in there and wait for plays to develop downfield and to throw it deep. I don't see it meshing with their current quarterbacks on the roster, but this feels like a pick that could look a whole lot better a year from now once we know who their future franchise quarterback is, because you can say Mariota is going to replace Carr during the upcoming season. I don't think most of us would sit here and say Mariota is their long-term 5-10 your answer at that position I think that's going to come a year from now in the draft yeah
0: maybe I mean I think they're really high on Mariota. he's still young I mean I don't know
3: I, I mean, I like the signing. It's worth a flyer. It was not expensive, and it gives you a good insurance policy if, if Carr struggles to get it right away. But I, I still think this is a team, when we're talking about the HC show and the quarterbacks, they could be in the market for a quarterback. And I know people are going to say, well, they won seven games a year ago. And they're not going to be able to get a good quarterback. We've talked a lot about how they won a lot of one-score games, and it wouldn't be surprising to me if this is another 5-6 win team. And then they get a quarterback to pair with Rugs, and Rugs is in year two, and then suddenly this roster is looking pretty good. Well, I'll throw something out quick
2: about Ruggs. I know we were all talking about, as you just mentioned, that why is this happening? Ruggs is a speedy guy. Carr doesn't throw down field well. Uh, one thing Carr does do well is throw the slant route, according to Josh Dubow from the Associated Press. Derek Carr actually led the NFL with most yards passing on a slant route. And Henry Ruggs has a kind of speed where you just get it into his hands quickly. Uh You know, Carr is not the best at anything, but if he's the best at throwing the slant route and, and kind of sling it in there real quick – but, you know, Ruggs can score from anywhere on the field if you get into his hands that fast. Uh, so, I uh, you know, that doesn't justify the pick. No I, mean,
0: but... oh, no, I mean, he, no, look, Ruggs is not a pure, like, he's not like, um, uh, who's oh, like, a, who's a, like, he's not just like a nine route guy. Like, he can, he
3: can, like, Ted Ginn or like Wolf. Yeah, or, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He can do a lot of different stuff and, you know, creative offensive coordinators will get him the, get, you know, get the ball in his hands near the line of scrimmage and let him do stuff. Uh, I'll just say that if, if you're, if somebody's describing you as the best to throw the slant, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's and really going to throw it a running back, Steve. The line
2: and let, I think we all agree that Ruggs is a well-rounded wide receiver. We just we think his potential cannot be maximized with Derek Carr as his quarterback. I just I, I would have bet any amount of money uh,
0: that C.D. Lamb was going to be the pick at twelve, and it, yeah, just he's
2: a yak machine. And as I was, Brenton, did you bet any? Did you bet any amount of money? I did. Okay, that's it. <laughs>
3: And I'm curious what you guys think about the, the Arnett pick at 19, because that also seemed like he went a lot higher than expected, and I don't know how good that value was, because I don't know how far he would have, he would have fallen, but it almost felt like if they really liked him, maybe they could have got him later in the draft. So, I, I, like, that was another reason, same with the Ruggs pick. I felt like twice in the first round, they got good players, but it wasn't quite the best player available, more that they just happened to like this player more than everyone else it seemed like.
0: Uh, I love Pete Prisco's write-up on, on his grades. He gave it a B, but he said, he was on my better-than team. I didn't think he would go this high, but I guess he was on the Raiders better-than-team, too. <laughs> and um, then he's a – What's that? Yeah, yeah, and then
3: he – the only compliment he gives him is that he has an attitude.
0: He said, I I think he's a South Florida kid with an attitude. It's like yes, He's Pete. Um, he also <laughs> said, I, think, I don't think there's a significant difference between him and Jeff Okuda, which is kind of surprising. I mean, look. Mike Mayock is not afraid to take a stand on his guys. He did this with Cleveland Farrell at number four last year. Um, nobody thought he would go that high. You see this all the time with, 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 with how Mayock operates. He loved, and he got a bunch of Clemson guys in this draft. I, I mean, look, I, I think the Raiders have done, have made the roster appreciably better over the past two years. Um, I think just like everybody, like, you know, if they had, uh I'm trying to think who would they – like, if they had Josh Allen or uh Drew Locke, I'd probably be, like, on them as a sleeper guy. But, like, because they had Derek Carr and, you know, the whole thing with the Twitter blocking, uh, I'm, I'm sort of off them.
2: Uh, and I'm, the one thing I'm going to say about Arnett real quick is that, you know, the Raiders, after picking at 19, their next pick didn't come until 80th overall. And I think a lot of people had Arnett as kind of a mid to late second round guy. But obviously the Raiders are thinking there's no way he's going to be available – when we're picking at an eighty, and if we want him right now, we either take him or we try to trade back. Maybe they couldn't find anybody to trade back with. And as you said, Brenton, Mayock got his guy, and if he has his eyes set on someone, he's gonna take him. He doesn't care what everybody else thinks. Yeah, so, I mean
0: that, that's a great point. And like I uh, just to so like uh Akuda went off at three and then um CJ Henderson went at nine. And I believe that, uh, AJ, and AJ Terrell had already gone off at 16 to the Falcons. I was, I was pretty confident the Raiders would try and take, uh, AJ Terrell if he was there. So at that point, like, you know, that three, three cornerbacks are off the board. You know, there's a ton of cornerback needy teams at the bottom of the first round. You know, there's a, a heavy risk in trying to trade back too far. So you just take your guy at 19. If he's, if he's good, he's good.
2: Right. So you, you had two more corners go in the first round after Arnett, uh, with, uh, Noah, I'm not going to pronounce his last uh, name, because uh, uh, i And
0: Jeff
3: Quadney. Yeah, it's just, and, exactly, yeah. So what's interesting, and so the reason the Raiders didn't pick again until that far later is because the Bears had the second-round pick in the Cleo Mac trade, and now the Cleo Mac trade is officially done. So it's interesting, because mm. now we, we know who everyone got. So the Bears got Mac, obviously. They used the, the 43rd pick on Cole Komet, and then the late pick they used on Arlington Hambright, the offensive guard, I believe. Is he Colorado? Uh uh, it was like a seventh sure, sure. round. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Um, where's the draft, junior draft expert? We need him. Right. And the Raiders got Josh Jacobs. It's Colorado, yes. Uh, Josh Jacobs, a defensive black, Blisson Austin, who is now on the Jets. Uh, a cornerback, Damon Arnett, and wide receiver, Brian Edwards. So it's basically Mac Komet, a late offensive tackle, offensive guard, who might not even make the team. And then Josh Jacobs, Arnett, and Brian Edwards. That's the trade.
2: Yeah, that's
0: the only thing you don't like about taking Josh Jacobs with the Mac pick, because if it's like if you get like a stud, I mean it's a run. It's like oh, you got a running back for Cleo Mac. Good job. But did you hear today too? Like floating out, there was a I hadn't seen it when they traded him. There was out of the draft. There was a clip of Gruden doing the doing the draft analysis for when Mac like during Mac's year, and he was he didn't like Mac. He hated Mac coming out. He thought it was a terrible pick by the by the Raiders to take Mac there.
3: I didn't realize that, no.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. So I mean, like, I wish I'd known that when, when he got there, when known he was getting traded. Like, he just didn't like it. I mean, yeah. So that, there you go. Uh, all right. That's the AFC. All the grades handed
2: out. Another excellent podcast. We will Uh, wait, Brinson, are you just skipping the Super Bowl champions or did I fall asleep while we did them?
3: <laughs> I, I was like, I felt like we didn't do them. But I was like, Oh, maybe I blocked out.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: Chiefs. Chiefs hater. They won
2: the Super Bowl, and Brinson is trying to end this podcast without giving them a draft grade. My you God, know, Brinson!
0: You know what it, it is? It's my subconscious because um, I had in my mock draft originally, my final mock draft. I had I had filled out and put in Clyde edwards hilaire for the Chiefs and at the last second. I was like, no, Andy Reid doesn't take running backs that early. They're just not going to do it. I'm so, I'm so mad at myself because nobody had that. And I wanted to take Hilaire to be the first running back off the board. It was just three to one. So I didn't do that either. And so I think the Chiefs subconsciously just make me angry.
3: So. I'm going to give them a B minus, and I think, Brenton, you might push back and go a little bit higher because I think this is just a difference in how we feel about that pick in the first round by taking a running back. I have no doubt that Edwards Hilaire is going to be a great fit in that offense. I think he's going to be monster numbers, and if you're talking about drafting rookies in fantasy football, he's probably near or at the very top of the list, especially in PPR leagues. I'm not doubting that whatsoever. I think he's going to be a stud for them. I just look at this Chiefs team, and they've got a big Mahomes contract coming up. They've got – maybe they have to pay Chris Jones if they can fit him on their budget as well. And so I think they had a couple glaring needs on defense in the secondary where I think if you could get a guy on a rookie deal, five-year rookie deal that's pretty cheap, I think that would have been – a better value pick than a running back when they have proven over the years that they can find late round running backs or running backs who have been released by other teams and have them be good enough for their offense. Now, I, again, no doubt the running back there is going to be a great player for them. I just think there was a better value pick at 32.
0: Yeah. Here would be my argument is that when you look at what Andy Reid has done with uh, running backs. Yeah. I mean, yes, he has found a ton of guys uh, who were not expensive. This is the highest he's ever drafted one. Um, but to me, it, it is the 32nd pick and I know it's a first round pick because it, you know, it happened in the first round, but it's the last pick of the first round. The Chiefs were not picking again, um, until 63. Uh, they actually traded up, uh, up to 63. But like if you love that running back. If Andy Reid loves a running back enough to use the final pick of the first round on him, I'm just going to trust that that running back is going to be pretty good. And I, 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 look back at, um, what Andy Reid did, uh, with both LaShawn McCoy and Brian Westbrook. Um, Shady was on, you know, he, he drafted Shady and got five, uh, five excellent years out of him from 2009 to 2000 or it was, Andy sorry, four excellent years out of Mandy Reid was, uh, was fired after the 2012 season. Uh, but LaShawn McCoy averaged uh, 966 rushing yards on, uh, on just, on just 11 games started per, per season. So like per 16 games, over a thousand yards. You look at what Brian Westbrook, what he did with Brian Westbrook. Um, you know, he got, uh, he got eight years in Philly out of him, uh, using a fairly early pick on him. And these guys just had monster numbers in the passing game. Uh, Westbrook averaged 475 receiving yards per year. In in those seasons with with him and then uh, and then Lashawn McCoy averaged uh, just a hair under 400 on on less games per year. So to me, to get a Clyde Edwards-Helaire guy, I think you're looking at a possibility that this guy is with the is with the Chiefs for the next half decade and that he is playing at a really high level. And I think for Andy Reid to solve that issue, to solve the running because Damian Williams is 30 and he's on the last year of his contract, to solve that at a fairly cheap cost. Uh the the story second pick, I, I think it makes a lot of sense.
3: Real quick counterpoint is that it it it's hard for me to justify saying he might be there for half a or you know, be on his rookie deal because if you're you're gonna have to be paying Mahomes a ton of money for the remainder of his career, then I don't know if you can turn around and justify no matter how good the running back is to say, We're gonna pay you top running back money and Under your theory, it feels like you think he's going to be so good to the point where he will probably want top running back money, and I don't know if the Chiefs are ever going to be in a position where they can afford that because, for example, if you're choosing between paying a running back or a Chris Jones type, I'm taking Chris Jones every single time. I don't care how good the running back is. The flip side of that
2: is that uh, the salary cap is going to keep going up, and after the new TV rights deal, we could see a gigantic uh, jump forward. And so, you know, obviously you have Edward Slair for at least five years because if he pans out, they're going to pick up his fifth-year option no matter what that price is at that point. And then it comes after that. And, you know, we might not see anyone top McCaffrey's contract for a long time, if ever. You know, that could be like We've reached the peak of the running back market and because of analytics, uh, it's only downhill from there. I, it's, it is really tough to see. I don't think Leonard Fournette or, uh, or, or, uh, Derek Henry is going to get Christian McCaffrey money. Maybe he gets eleven, twelve, thirteen million. 13 million. He's not going to get 16 million and it's going to be hard pressed to see another running back do that, uh, unless the cap gets so, up to so, like 275.
0: Inkil Harry was the 32nd pick last year. He got a 10 million, he got a four year, $10 million contract. You just locked up your running back. For ten for the next four years with ten million dollars total, that's a really nice deal. Yeah, that's it, fine. I was pushing back it, against that. Beyond that. But, but that's but that's sort of my point. Is like people are like, "Oh, you're wasting the first round," but it's like, yeah, but you just got a cost-effective running back who is young, is a great pass catcher for a
2: very cheap cost. And and if that fifth year option is say twelve million, now you have five years, twenty-two million, which is still a bargain if he ends up being as good as we all think he can be in this Chiefs
3: offense. I did like real quick just the hit on their other picks. I, I thought their next three picks were pretty good. And their, I think the linebacker position on defense was also a weakness. Uh, they lost Reggie Ragland in free agency. Wouldn't it be surprising if Willie Gay Jr. Is, is starting at some point, maybe he replaces Anthony Hitchens um, going offensive line in the third round. It wasn't like an urgent need where they needed a starter there, but we remember a year ago, they had some injuries up front, and it, that kind of affected their offense, especially with Mahomes on that ankle injury. So I like the idea that they're adding depth to protect Mahomes because that's obviously the most important thing for them to do moving forward. And then getting a safety in round four in Snead. Uh, look, they have Juan Thornhill who played really good, but he's coming off, I believe, an ACL that he suffered in Week 17. So I do also like adding depth to the secondary in the fourth round.
0: Yeah, and I'll say, too, like we talked about those cornerbacks that went off early. Um, You know, they're – no. Benogany and Jeff Gladney went 30 and 31. So it's like the depth at cornerback, you know, got got hit pretty hard right before the Chiefs uh, were about to be on the clock. Isaiah Wilson, the right tackle, I guess would have at least been in consideration. Maybe Patrick Queen. Um, you know, Jordan Brooks went off the linebacker from Texas. So I mean, you just had a bunch of these defensive guys that that came flying off the board right before Kansas City was 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 about to be up there.
3: Yeah, and look, again, as much as I'm pushing back on the running back pick, I like I would kill for him in fantasy, and I think he's going to be an absolute stud there for the next few years.
0: Yep, for sure. All right, that's it. That's actually the show. Now, uh, all 16 AFC teams graded out. Pete Prisco will join us tomorrow, dragging his little tan tail onto this podcast against his wishes. Uh, Pete will be um, – they've opened up the golf courses in Broward County. Do are you going to go play some golf? I don't know if it's a good idea. What do you think? Uh, if you walk and and, you're, and you socially distance yourself, I think it's fine. Pete, I wouldn't. Wa- I wouldn't want to ride on a cart. I'm not. I'm not going to golf with Pete. That's a no. <laughs> no, he'd be slapping your back and stuff.
4: That's a good chat. Great chat. You suck. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, that's it. Let's get out of here. Great show. Talk to you guys later.
5: Okay. Picture this.